What's going on, guys? Hopefully you guys had a good week last week. Going into the next week, my son's first padded camp now uh, is tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so we're excited, excited to get them out there, let them watch, you know, let them play some football, let us see them not be in the actual league, but just get out there and, and throw some pads on and get to have fun playing football. So um, excited for that as well. If you guys need anything from us, you can go check out everything we're doing at runthepower.com. Uh, we're adding new videos up to the site uh, each week, probably this month. Uh, if not every other week this month, we've got a bunch of good ones from when Coach Walls came down. Uh, we've got our summits on there. We've got our podcast. We've got our RTP gear, anything you want uh, on runthepower.com. This podcast and several others are also on YouTube, and that's at youtube.com slash runthepower. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Story of the Season. Story of the Season helps high school and college football teams share their story like never before. Each week, they collect all your video highlights, articles, interviews, and other content and publish a digital game recap magazine that captures everything that happened on and off the field. At the end of the season, they publish a digital yearbook covering each game. The revenue schools make from selling our subscriptions and ads more than covers the production fee and provides coaches with an extra funding for their program. Story of the Season requires zero effort for coaches and gives them an incredible tool to engage the world with their team. Contact Chris Herman by emailing chris at storyoftheseason.com to learn more or call 518-944-3311 or find them over at Twitter at StoryTheSeason. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches, like we coach. Worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, 150 other colleges, and over 1,500 high schools across the country, including mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls in Ankeny. They are currently running an early bird promo. It's an unbelievable uh, price for them right now. 40 caps for $2,000 uh, with 10 of them for free, plus 10 free. So you get 10 free ones as well. Check them out in our free show uh, in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com slash football. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Kurt Landgren. Coach Landgren is the offensive line coach at Independence Community College in Independence, Kansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Langren about installing a simple, simple physical run game and pass protection system while developing young offense alignment. You can follow Coach Langren on Twitter at Coach underscore Langren. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, Coach, I'm excited to get this thing going. We actually have a, a quarterback from, from our high school uh, that's up with you guys right now, Quintevin Cherry. Yeah. Um, he was here at Broken Arrow, and so um, I was excited when I, when I saw you pop up on Twitter. I sent you a DM and was glad that you, um, you know, would, would take an hour out of your day to talk some football with us. So, um, you know, kind of how we always start this thing is let you kind of introduce yourself and, and give everyone kind of your, your football background, your football journey. Uh, if you will, from from playing days to coaching and how that brought you to where you are now. All right. Um, so uh, let's start playing wise. I uh, 
I grew up in Southern California, uh, played at Valley Christian High School in, in Cerritos, California. Um, and then uh, from there, I went to Cerritos College. It's another community college out there in California um, and played there. I redshirted and played two years. Um, and then I went to Lincoln University in Missouri um, uh, in, in, I don't know, 2004 and five. That's, that's kind of when I was there. Um, and, you know, had, had, had some success in high school and, and junior college. Didn't have a lot of success at Lincoln. We weren't very good. Um, and when I got done playing, I went back to California, um, hadn't graduated yet, but right off the bat, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to go back home and, um, right off the bat, I started coaching at Valley Christian high school. Um, and I was the, the, I, you know, I helped out with the JV team the first year, and then I was up in the booth for the varsity team. Um, and then the next year, um, I was the offensive line coach, uh, for, for varsity and I did the special teams. And then I was the, the offensive coordinator the last two years I was there um, and, and had a lot of fun with that. I was up in the booth, got to call the plays, and um, it, it, was, it was a good time. And then um, my alma mater, Cerritos as well. So I went to two alma maters right off the bat, um, went to Cerritos College um, and coached there in 2010 and 11. Um, and we won back-to-back -back conference championships um, and won bowl games both years and lost to Mount Sac in, in the Southern California Championship game both years. Um, so we, we, were, we were talented. We were good. Um, so I, I, knew, I knew the junior college in, you know, in California as a player and then and knew it as a coach. Um, and then um, ended up getting a job at Whittier College out there in California, Division Three school. Um, I was there for a year or about a year. I got there in February. Um, you know, restricted earnings. I was the O-line guy, but I was, you know, it's like $12,000. just living at home with mom and dad and, mm -hmm. um, you know, went and did, did that for a year. And, and we, we actually won more games in, in, in Whittier than they had in like 15 years, went four and five. And, and they thought we we're the best thing since sliced bread. Um, and <laughs> then uh, the Dodge City offensive line job opened up and, and Gary Thomas, who was the head coach there, uh, played at Cerritos College as well for the same people. The, the head coach at Cerritos College was there for like 40 years, um, uh, Frank Mazzotta, and, and he's a mentor to a lot of us, and, and a lot of us uh, that have played for him have gone on to coach, and, and, you know, I got a chance to do both. I got to coach with him and, and play with him. Um, you know, they, he, you know, Gary Thomas played about four or five years before me, was a quarterback. You know, the offensive coordinator there, who's now the head coach, Dean Grossfeld, was my – OC, the DC was my old line coach. Um, they were there when, when Gary Thomas was there. So we all knew each other. Um, and actually the DC at Cerritos at the time was, was Pat Callahan who became our DC at, at, at Dodge as well. So we kind of knew the same people. And, and when the job opened up, he, uh, you know, I had some friends, you know, kind of reach out to him and, you know, you know how it goes in this business. And, right. and so he ended up hiring me. Um, and I was there for six years. Um, you know, we had some good success there in Dodge. You know, it was it was it was terrible when we got there. It was zero and nine the year before. They won like five games in five years, um, and we went I think seven and four the first year. Went to a bowl game. Um, went four and seven, and then in two thousand fourteen, and in in fifteen we went nine and two, won a conference championship, and played in a bowl game again, um, and then you know finished second in in you know, 16 and, um, you know, so it, it just kind of went from there and, and Gary, 
Gary Thomas ended up taking a job outside of football. Um, and after the 2018 season, um, running this father-in-law's company out there in Dodge. And so they did a national search. They hired a guy and, and you know how that, how, how the college business worked. Yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't retain any of us. So mm-hmm. you know, I got the, I got the dreaded phone call or the call down to the AD's office. And it was, uh, you know, here's your, your termination letter or here's your resignation letter. Which one are you going to sign? But either way, you're not employed here by five. Right. You know, the day before Christmas break, obviously. So always. So, you know, I, I went on unemployment and, and I've known Kiyoshi Harris, which is my head coach for, for a long time um, out in California. Um, you know, we, we've probably known each other 15 years. Um, good friend of mine. We're both O-line guys. Um, and when he ended up getting the interim job and he was looking to get the head job at Independence, um, he reached out to me and I went and interviewed. So he hired me as the O-line coach and I got out, out to Independence last March. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I love the changes, you know, we won the conference this year and, you know, I think we got things going in, in a good direction here in independence. And, you know, that's, that's all you can ask for in this business. You know, I, I'm not a big, you know, let's bounce around everywhere, um, you know, type of guy, but, you know, I know a lot of people get goals and they want to, they want to move up, but, you know, I, I kind of like where I'm at and, and I like how he, he manages us and, and tries to keep us, you know, hungry to, to, to be good, you know, and, and sometimes you get complacent. And I, I've even told him, I think I got complacent at Dodge at times where it's like, well, you know, we're pretty good. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I want to be great. And, and just having that drive to do that all the time. And, and I think he really brings that out of us uh, as coaches and, and, and players as well. Well, coach, I got a lot of questions for you with, with okay. junior college offensive line and recruiting mm-hmm. and, um, a, a bunch of different things, but specifically for independence, you're with a head coach that was an offensive line coach. Uh, I similarly here at, at Broken Arrow, our head coach was a, a 12-year NFL veteran and and an offensive line coach. You know, all through high school, um, was there. And it's it's he said it was going to be really hard for me. Uh, I got here and there was some tough times, but I wouldn't ask for anything more because I, I've learned so much because I was a young coach coming into it, uh, my first year coaching was you know under him with him being the head coach and so it was it's been awesome for me was there any reservations with you just and obviously you know each other and and you know but having the head coach be the offensive line previous was the offensive line coach knows so much about offensive line what was that like what's it like now working with your head coach that knows so much about offensive line and is a great offensive line coach yeah, well, you know, I always thought, you know, you, you always think if, if you're the head coach, right, and, and you're an O-line guy, it's going to be tough for you to, to just relinquish that. Like right. O-line coaches, we're, di- we're different than everyone else. You know, <laughs> I, I think receiver coaches and, and coordinators and quarterback guys, they can relinquish that stuff a little bit more. Um, I think O-line coaches, like, we all have our way of how – this is the way to do it. And and no, no way is the right way, probably. It's all about how you teach it and the – the results you produce out of it. Um, and, but he, he was always a guy because I've known him a long time is if I ever got a head job, I would want him. I could, I could hand that over to him and it may not be the way I do it, but I know he'd do a hell of a job with it. And that was something in my mind that, you know, the fact that he called me when he got that opportunity, obviously felt, felt pretty blessed. And, and, you know, that he wants things done a certain way, and, I, and I'm okay with it. I, I've never said that this is the, the way to do it. I did things that Dodge differently than we do here. 
um, but I do like how we do things. And, and so there were some things that he was like, we, we got to do it this way. And we talked through a lot of those things. And, and, you know, even last year, you know, he was still very heavily involved with the offensive line as the fire trucks going by. Sorry. Um, no worries. You know, he, he was very heavily involved and um, actually at practice a lot of times was, you know, in our individuals and over there with me, helping me coach. Um, just because, you know, we have, we have good numbers and we, we had a lot of talent and mm-hmm. you, you know how it is, you know, you get in the college level, you know, center and guard is way different than tackle, you know, right. tackle and tight end. And, and so you got to be able to split those, those specific things up. And I loved it because when we started practice and it was a little different than I ran my practices, but we'd start our pre-practice and we'd go, I mean, we'd go for 20 minutes. We'd, we'd, we'd dang near kill the kids, you know, between, between sled, you know, um, the um, the shoots, all that stuff, boards, like we would we would get them so worked up and get them up and ready because we practice in the morning, and then we'd go to stretch, and then we'd go to our specialized drills, and I loved it because now we have two O line coaches and we're doing a lot, you know what I mean? In those things, there's a lot of teaching going on, but I think that's what helped our kids get as good as we did it at what we did, because um, we did it every day. You know, that was kind of our routine. We, we, we got after them. So, you know, the first 15 minutes was, you know, bags, you know, shoots, sled. We were, we were, we were rolling. Like we got them up and awake um, and got them going because we're on the field at 745. Um, and and I, I enjoy it. Um, and, and the fact is, if I'm not doing my job where I'm at now, if I'm not handling my load, one, he's going to tell me, which I love. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I don't like the crit- – oh, I like the criticism. Tell me I'm not doing a good job because it's just going to make me want to be better. Um, and, and I love that, that aspect of it. And, and, you know, but the other thing is, you know, we can sit there and talk about things that you probably don't have those conversations with every head coach. Right. And, and the other thing I love is, you know, we don't have a ton of money to spend on kids in terms of, you know, scholar- extra scholarship. You know, we're kind of a books and tuition and we have some extra money. Having an O-line head coach is nice because the extra money generally goes to us in the D-line. I mean, which, you know, <laughs> if we do get some, you know, we have some extra to give some people, that's where they go. Because he knows that it's an important part of it. Well, that's that was something that was kind of new to me as we've had a few kids go junior college um, in the last few years, which we hadn't had in the past. Uh, well, we'd had plenty of kids go junior college, but um, it wasn't the kids that were Division One type kids that – just didn't quite get the grades, you know, good enough. And now the past few years, we've had two or three of those kids. Um, and, and so it was interesting to me to learn that some of the prominent junior colleges are kind of known for a certain position. Um, and, and going through this, uh, you guys are kind of known for offensive line. And, and I'm sure there's other things as well. But just through that process and hearing our, our head coach and coordinator talk to junior college guys that come through, um, you know, you guys were kind of known for, hey, that's where the big-time offensive linemen go. And, and every year they've got, you know, three, four, five, or, you know, eight Division One offensive linemen, you know, on their, on their roster every single year. So I'm sure that is a, a nice thing to have as well uh, as a coach. And I'm sure that's something that you're trying to uh, continue that legacy yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean – we we've been blessed obviously we get the show helps obviously um 
you know, when I was at Dodge, I, I felt like when I'd get on the phone with a kid for the first time, I'd spend 15 minutes just explaining who I was, where we were, you know, they had no idea who we were. Um, you know, the kids that run across the country don't pay attention to the Jayhawk Conference. Um, but the show obviously brought Independence Community College a lot of notoriety. Um, and so I can say, I can send them a text and say, you know, I'm Coach Langer from Independence. And do you know who we are? And they say yes. And then I can be like, okay, well, <laughs> it, it cuts down your spiel a little bit. Right. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I think we try to do more than anything, and, and we don't get it. Honestly, we don't get the, a ton of big time training. We've had some few. We've had a few. Um, we've done better with some FCS guys that want to improve themselves um, than more than anything than like the big time, you know, the Alabama bounce back that gets in trouble or anything like that. That's more, I think, more skilled positions. Um, but but what we try to do in the recruiting process is, is we get a chance to take some chances on some long athletic kids that maybe aren't there and mm -hmm. try to get them in the program and redshirt them and develop them and get them out the following year and make them a three for three, which makes them very, very, one, marketable, and two, you put 6-6 six, six on there. I mean, I've got I've got three kids right now that were – on our team last year, but they didn't play a snap for us that have division one offers. Um, and, and like one has power five, but they all have, they have like three or four FBS offers a piece. They haven't played a snap for us in a game. Um, but one, six, six and a half and the other two are six, seven. And, <laughs> and they, they see the, the potential. And, and, and we talked to those coaches about that and they know that. Um, and they've seen some practice film and things like that. So they, they're they're not stabbing at the dark at that stuff, but right, you know it's it's kind of trying to find that balance, you know of of you know what can we develop and and then if you you find a hole, I mean just like any four year school, you find a hole, you got to go get, you know if you're a four year program, you either go junior college, you get a transfer. We got to do the same thing. We if we find a hole and we're not good enough, you know we we need to go find a transfer then. Um, but again, like I said, more we've had more success, I think, in the last even with Coach Harris was the O line coach, they've had more success with the FCS guy trying to improve and go FBS. The guy who played as a you know freshman or a sophomore at an FB, FCS school trying to move back up. Um, that's where we've had a lot more success. Well, and then coach, you guys have got to see and, and be able to see where they can be as well. So, um, it, it's so cool you made that point. I've always argued I went to the University of Houston and so we play Houston and Tulane and Tulsa and I lived in Tulsa and and I've always made the argument that you know I I realized that you guys want to go get the 66 340 pound kid going to Alabama but Alabama wants that kid and he's going to go to Alabama and so uh, I get it at, at Houston and Tulsa and all those schools that you'd like to have those guys and you probably have to have you know two in your recruiting class at least that already have some of the size um, and there's some coaches that like the really big heavy guys and they think that they can, you know, make that guy lose weight. I've always been under the impression to take the kid that's really super athletic, you know, but not a real athletic tight end that's 6'5", that can't really catch well, but we can add weight on him in one year. Uh, he's had to fight his whole life to be able to be on the offensive line, so he's probably learned a lot of technique. He's learned how to battle in there. He hadn't just always been bigger than everybody, and now when he's – starting at 240 and now he's at your university for a year and a half and he's 285 pounds now he's a a freak that you would have loved to have had coming out of high school you just had to take a year with him no that's 
that in, in our recruiting process, you know, you, you have to, you have to look at, you know, what do we need right now? And, and typically, generally the six, three guy, if, if, you know, cause we play with freshmen and sophomores, but, but, you know, if you're a junior college that's to play with freshmen, you know, when I was at Dodge, we had to. And, and so I leaned more towards the six, three, six, four kid that was a little bit thicker, like you said, mm-hmm. a little bit more accomplished that could play for me right away. And I would pass on some of the six, seven kids that maybe look a little bit goofy, don't have all the tools, a little bit light, because I couldn't redshirt them and I didn't have the, the same setup I have now. Um, and and I, I like the fact that, like I said, I'm able to bring those guys in. And, and, and you know, we're taking some kids that that if you, you know, you watch your high school film, you'd be like, man, you guys took that kid. Yeah, we did. You know, it, it, we see some potential in him. Um, and not saying that you can't have the really good offensive lineman at six three. I mean, you you can't. I mean, there's height isn't isn't the natural requirement, you know. But for us, recruiting is is so important to us because we got to do it on both ends. So, in order for us to get the next crop of really good players in, we've got to send as many as we can Division One on the other end. So a lot of times for us, we're looking marketability. There's no um, doubt. There's no doubt about that. I think, coach. You know, obviously, like you said, I mean, that that's two things that kids are going to look at when they're going. You know, JUCO one. You know, are, are we going to win some games and I'm going to have you know a chance to get developed? And then two, are you guys going to get me placed at the the ultimate goal? You know, which is going to be that that four year institution. And and that's that's the key for us. And and I I'm I'm kind of handling our four year marketing stuff now. Obviously, Coach Harris and all, the whole coaching staff's involved in that. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of make our marketing list and we have uh, we probably have the best act. You know, I, I know everyone's seen the show and they talk about, uh, you know, Miss Brittany at, at East Mississippi. We have one there that's incredible. Um, we graduated 51 kids this year and we graduated like graduated like 45 at midyear, um, which makes them eligible to go to spring ball. Um, and, and it's it's unheard of, I think, at this level. Um, there's not a whole lot of junior colleges doing that. Um, and, and that's part of it is is the academic side because a lot of the kids we get are non-qualifiers. We get some um, that are qualifiers, and, and we you know we had a linebacker last year was a qualifier, was with us in the summer, and in in December he signed with TCU, and he's already there. He's a four for three, um, you know, six three, you know, long athletic kid that only had D two offers. He was under recruited. So you got the under-recruited kids, but that's a little bit less. And, and the, most of our kids are non-qualifiers. So they have to graduate, um, and they have to have a 2.5 uh, GPA or higher for, 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 for Division I. Um, so the fact that she's able to get that stuff done is, is incredible. And she makes our job easier. Um, and and she, she meets with the kids. She, she, hand, she, she manages them so well. And that, that's a big component to it for us. Um, and then, you know, obviously the other part is, is, is marketing them out to everyone. And we're kind of knowing, like, we always say, we call them dudes, you know, we got dudes, bro. Like that's our kind of mantra there. And, and everyone knows, I mean, they send us, they see our marketing list and they go, you've got some guys that we need to look at. Um, and it's not just that offensive line is across the board. Um, and our marketing list is probably bigger than everyone else's. Um, but, you know, we try to be very accurate in, in how we depict everyone and what they do. Um, and then we, we're just honest with those coaches and, and, you know, maybe our stamps a little bit more gold than some other places, but we've had a lot of kids go have success. I mean, we had 30, 
with 36 kids, and we'll probably end up with 38 when it's all said and done to sign Division One scholarships off last year's team. Jeez. And no one else is doing that. Um, and, no. and, you know, that's FCS and up. Um, I think we, I know, 20, 20, maybe 20 or 22 were, power, were, were FBS. Um, but, you know, I think I had – I realistically had eight offensive linemen that played – you know, played for me last year. And I think six signed Division One, and seven should have. Um, but the one kid was a D2 class. He was a transfer kid. He went to San Diego State, you know, left, sat out a year. D2 clock kid. He's at UTPB. Um, but he's just, he was a six seven, you know, 320-pound uh, Samoan kid from the island. And, you know, he would have – everyone in, in the country wanted him, but he couldn't go to Division One because of his clock. So, um, you know, we've we've got – we probably would have been, you know, seven or eight, you know, had, had he not had that issue. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the goal every year is, you know, we got to look at marketability. we got to look at those guys um, and, and see what they project as. And, and we also look at, you know, when we're having our meetings about kids, okay, so he's not a guy this year. That's fine if he's not. Is he a guy? Is he going to be here in January and be a guy the next year? And that's, that's what you have to ask yourself. Do we see a future for him? And if, he, if we do, then, yeah, we're going to bring him in. That was, was going to be – Yeah, go ahead, Walls. I was just going to say that was going to be like my next question, Coach, was kind of, you know, you're, you're talking about having, you know, eight big-time linemen, and I'm, I'm guessing you guys are going to rotate and, and play them so those guys got tape and those guys can go to I – mean, obviously you want to win, you know, but you're still trying to get as many guys on the field. You know, I, I look at a bunch of the junior college stats, and you guys would be no different. I mean, you're playing three or four tailbacks, you know, and, yeah. and guys are getting carries. So, I mean – you're kind of letting everybody eat a little bit. Obviously, yes, we're going to win. We're going to win our league. We're going to win games. But at the same time, there's kind of that line of, man, we, we want everybody to be able to eat and everybody to get a little bit of shine. One, because you're a good player. And two, it makes us look better on the back end because everybody's going to a big-time school. Yes, and, and like last year, we had, we had a three-headed monster at running back. And, and probably all three, you know, one was a co-conference player of the year on offense in the conference. He had 780 yards and one co-conference player of the year because no one wanted to run, no one wanted to play him. And he went Division One, obviously. Um, but the kid at Dodge City, little wide receiver, had you know 1,500 you know or like 2,000 all-purpose yards and was crazy. But no one wanted to tackle our running back. And but he also split time, and they all knew that with two other running backs. So we had a, like two guys at 700 yards and one kid at 600 yards rushing were our top three backs. Um, and, and you generally don't get that. And they, it's probably a dynamic we probably never get again. You know, th those kids honestly wanted all those guys to be successful. Um, and that's part of the management process that you got to get. Um, but, you know, we had, we had six linebackers and five of them went in Division I. We played six, we played six linebackers on a pretty regular basis and five of them went in Division I. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we're going to play a lot of kids. Um, we're going to get a lot of kids some stats. We maybe not get them all the top-end stats. They don't win all the postseason awards, but they get rewarded, like you said. And that's what they want. The kids want the reward at the end. And I always tell them it's a mutually beneficial agreement when I'm recruiting them. It, you know, we're going to go in a mutually beneficial agreement here. I'm going to use you to win games, and you're going to use me to get you a scholarship. And I said, if you just do what we ask you to do on a regular basis, and 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 believe in the program and believe in what we do that 
on the back end, we're both going to get rewarded because the winning will take care of itself if you do the right things. You know, the way we practice, the way we run our program, we're going to be successful. And on the back end, you're going to get rewarded with a Division One scholarship. And that's what they want. And, and, that, and you have to be real with them because we're not, we're not in a world where every kid's just going to just do whatever you say anymore. Um, you, have, you have to be real with them. You have to be honest with them. And you have to be upfront with them. And, and most of them, if you are, and say you're going to come in here and compete and, and you're, going to, you're going to have to do what I, what I ask you to do, they're going to do it. They want, they want that challenge. I mean, that's, that's hard, you know, for, for a lot of people, they don't understand that. But, but our kids, they, they embrace it. Coach, how do you specifically roll guys in with the offensive line? I think that can be a really difficult thing. Uh, obviously, you understand the importance of it, so you're going to do it. Um, and But, you know, there's some special positions. You know, center. Center might be a special position uh, with how much do we want to rotate guys there. There's probably guys that, you know, want to play center and guard because they think it does certain things for them. And, and I'm sure everyone wants to play, you know, tackle uh, because it's the, you know, the big spot. How do, how do you – just with the offensive line, how do you go about deciding how you're going to rotate in guys at what positions, at what points of the game? Uh, so it, it, it depends. Um, I think I, I kind of tear them a little bit. Um, you were, I was kind of laughing a little bit because of, of the center thing. I rotated everywhere else, but my center took every snap last year. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it made me too I mean, nervous. He just took everything. Um, but you, and, and, and that's the thing is, is you've got some key positions and, and, you know, we shuffled around a little bit. We had some injuries. You know, that's that's another part is, you know, you, you try to get some guys in, and there may be some games they don't play very much. But you know in the course of the game, and our conference is so tough, guys are going to get banged up. You know, that's just – that's what's going to happen, you know. Um, so, I think I had my center and my left – or my right tackle that went to Kentucky. I think they played every snap last year. And the rest just – it kind of – kind of folds in now in the fold of a game you got to read the game obviously um and you know obviously if you're down you're probably not reluctant to put that guy in but if if say i i was 10 deep i truly was 10 deep and i felt good about all 10 of them um and it, i would spot do it so you know this series i put you know a new right tackle in with a veteran guard and you know put a you know a a new guard in with a veteran tackle and then my center, you know what I mean? I would just, I would try, I always try to have someone in between right. um, that, that was kind of new that had someone that was a little bit more veteran to, to help them through, um, you know, but obviously I'd love to get to where I was, you know, 10 deep and it's like, man, just go. <laughs> sure. I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a year yet. I, I've, I've, I thought I've come close a couple times, but, you know, as, as the season goes on, they just, you know, some guys kind of fade out and some guys, you know, you know, you, you sink or swim sometimes. Um, and not, not to, you know, not say we, we can those guys, but at the same time, you, you know, at, at some point we got to have some tough conversations and say, hey, you're not getting it done and, and you need to step your game up or, or you just wasted a year. You know, if I played you early in the season, I thought you had a chance to get better and, and play as the year went on. You know, if you start faltering and I'm giving you less and less reps in practice, that means you're getting less, you're getting zero to no reps in the game. You know, you're getting, mm -hmm. you're getting very, very little from me. So, you know, and, and I think the competition part of what we create at, at independence helps us with that. Um, when, when you don't have enough or you don't have the right mix, you know, just I, like I said, with, with, with coach Harris and, 
how he kind of treats us as coaches, you know, to kind of keep us on our toes and not get complacent. The players have to understand that. Like, they, they can't get complacent. And if you don't have enough competition for them, they will. So, Coach, I'm curious, how does that communication go with you and, and the other coaches or, or with all the coaches? I mean, talking, you know, from here in high school, just knowing we had a couple different tailbacks, our OC was up in the box, and, and obviously it was important for him to know, hey, so-and-so is going in at tailback. Or, you know, if, if I had a guy go down, hey, the right guard, this, this drive, he's not as, you know, whatever. So-and-so is in at right guard. And, and is that something you guys have already – talked with the head coach and as a whole staff uh, the week before, hey, make sure we, we get these people and look at it overall. Is it, hey, just you as a position coach are looking at your position and trying to get people in? What is the communication like that? Because that's really interesting to me. A, a little bit of both. Um, you know, last year, Coach Harris took over calling the offense. Um, and and so that was, a, that was a good thing. You know, he kind of knew what we had at running back and he would you know, Coach Coach Ornelas was our running back coach. He's at, at UCO now um, and, and did a great job of managing him. And he was kind of, you know, we'll play the hot hand. And I think it's a little bit different at each position. Um, and, you know, there's probably some positions where they're a little bit more free to, to rotate. Um, you know, offensive line, you're going to do it on the sideline. Um, you know, I ended up going in the booth. So a lot of my communication went through Coach Harris um, on that, you know, when we we're going to make, make some changes. Um, for me, it's always been feel. Um, and, and like you were saying with, you know, hey, so-and-so's at right guard. You know, when I was with Gary Thomas, it was the same thing at Dodge. Like, hey, coach, I got, I got so-and-so at left guard this series. You know? <laughs> right. Like, we, 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 we had talked about what they do well and what they don't do well, and let's, let's cater to them. Don't put them in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously third and long, you may, you may get caught, right? But, you know, in the run game, this kid pulls really well. All right, well, let's get him a pull and and power, and 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 let him go do what he does well. You know, he doesn't run outside zone very well. Okay, well, let's put him on the backside, or don't put him on the front side of it if we can. Um, and those are things you kind of talk about as you as you go through the week and game plan. And you know, I think if you if you do your game plan right and have the right conversations, I mean, and you do your job right, the game you're not making a ton of adjustments anymore. Um, if you if you really do your homework and you you there's going to be those times where you got to be like all right we got to do something different I mean that, that's going to happen this they, they came out with something totally different we got to do it but I I feel like if I prepared them enough you know I don't think I spend very much time on the whiteboard drawing up anything new in a game with them most of the time it's just redrawing up what we talked about all week remember we talked about this all week when they do this or you know and, and I think that's more than anything. It's just reiterating to them. Um, but but I think if you prepare your guys well enough, it doesn't doesn't affect them, um, you know, in the game too much. Well, well, that's one of the most interesting things with me with with junior college coaches is with offensive line specifically. You guys have got to, and and it's similar to high school, you know. But in junior college, you might have a kid only for one semester. I mean, so you guys have got to make it as in a great way, as simple as possible. And not, in, you know, I think a lot of people think that of that as a negative. As, as an offensive line coach myself, I think of that as a huge positive. I mean, making it simple so my guys can play and, and having enough schemes that we're not handcuffed in a game, but not having so many that we only use one once a game. And now we've wasted 
however many you know minutes or hours throughout the practice week on something we ran one time uh, and, and balancing the importance of that and then being able to teach and get taught because you've got technique over all of that as well yeah. and it's a guy that's only gonna be there you know at, in high school we at least get him for three years at, at a four-year program you got him four to five years you guys might only have a kid a semester but he's got to be able to play and know what he's doing how do you go about balancing that? How important is that for you as an offensive line coach? Because I think it's a little easier at some positions. Now, I'm not a receiver guy, but I would assume it's, it's a little bit simpler with receivers where with an offensive line, as much as they have to know, um, it, it's got to be simple. And then, man, then you got to see four different defenses and they're slanting and they're, you, you know, it, all of that adds on to it. So – um, I'll kind of answer to it. You know, when I was at Dodge, I thought we were, we were, we were good at what we did. And Gary Thomas was a heck of an OC. You know, I thought we had too many schemes at times where I felt like some, some years when we had a younger group, um, that we didn't get good at, you know, inside zone and power, which were kind of our two main ones. We didn't get good at those. So maybe week three or four, cause we had other schemes that we were working on too. Um, but when I got to independence, you know, and what we've done is, is we've really lived off of inside and outside zone. Um, so we, we do less scheme wise for the offensive line. What we spend more time on with them is identifications, right? So we have six identifications of how we identify the front. We actually identify our fronts guard to guard. Um, so, you know, we have even Hawk stack Eagle, you know, diamond, odd um and bear and we we kind of but we identify that way and then we actually have our tight ends make a call when they're attached as to what that look is and we actually teach it as okay tackle tight end if we're running inside zone or outside zone if we've got a tough look this is what we do we got an easy look these are the two or three things you can do and if you've got a you know um a safe look this is what you do and we try to kind of pot it up a little bit um, to make it a little bit easier for those guys. Um, and and it's, a, it's a good system. It's Coach Harris's system that we're using, but it's, it's gold. Um, and, and we use it in our pass protection uh, big time um, to where we don't have to, um, you know, rely on the quarterback too much to where we can make a lot of side adjustments and things. Um, it, you know, it, I, I really like how we have the system set up. Um, but what happens within that, you know, we're going to run power. We're going to run inside zone. We're going to run outside zone. Um, you know, and and I'm not I'm not giving away any secrets to to the rest of the competition. They can put on the film. That's what we ran. <laughs> I think I did an outside zone uh, a clinic at, at Swasu, and and I mean we ran we ran outside zone like we called it like 200 and something times last year. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean we rushed for like 200. And I think it was like 247 or 250 right in there per game. Um, and, and everyone knew what we were doing, and, and we right. block we block our outside zone like stretch. I mean, we're we're old school rip reach. I mean, we're ripping through there. We're pulling and overtaking. I mean, it looks a lot probably like stretch back. You know, when everyone was under center and and tight end, double tight end, and and running stretch. I mean, that was that's that's realistically what it probably looks like to them. Um, but it, it it it's tough on them. And but what what that does for us in our practice plan as we're as we're working on our technique is we do those steps every day because we're not doing a lot of schemes. So that's where we kind of combat the technique side of it is, you know, our stretch base step is, is we use that on inside zone. We use that on outside zone um, and just kind of how we teach it. So 
we go use that all the time. You know, we use a pickup put down for, for our inside zone. So we teach, you know, and we get our kids get to work on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we do all that in pre-practice. Um, and, and then they can get good at it because, you know, offensive line is the most repetitive position in, in football. Like you have to do it a thousand times to get good at it. Like you just have to. Um, and, and that's what we do, you know, in pass protection. I mean, we, we go through it. We do our blitz pickup periods, but it's all about making the right calls. Um, and then, you know, just how we set, you know, I, I don't get too in depth with, you know, all the little counter moves that you, you see on, on YouTube and everything else that some of the high end guys are doing. I feel like if I can teach tackle to kick correctly at the right angle and take away the inside and be able to run that guy up past the quarterback, I can teach him how to punch. I can maybe teach him how to knock a hand down or something. If he gets a long arm, you know, I don't sit there and teach a ton on the snatch. I, I don't do a ton of that. Um, because our kids come along at different levels. You know, I got so many that, that, you know, some are here and some are way down here and you got to bring them together at the same time. A lot like the high schools at times, you, you can't, can't get too advanced, but I feel like if I can teach them the base techniques and the base steps of how to get where you need to get, they can go be successful. And then it's, you know, it's up to Charlie Dickey at Oklahoma state and, and those places to go make, make those guys learn all those other things. And we try to keep it simple, like you said. Coach, would you say, you know, your guys' emphasis on the run game has probably been kind of, you know, one of the pillars for, you know, being able to do some of the quick turnarounds, you know, building things on the ground, building that mentality of, you know, you guys are going to work, we're going to be repetitive and do that. You know, again, I think it comes back to the old adage, you know, teams that can run the ball generally can be the ones playing late in the season. I think I think that's more paramount than than, than ever before. You know, there was that craze, obviously, you know, you had the Tony Franklin system, the air raid, all that stuff, and, and a lot of people were going through it. And I, and I ran it when I was when I was in high school, the Tony Franklin system. It's a really good system for, for high school coaches, um, you know, that, that don't ha know how to maybe teach the reads and all that stuff. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, I think that if you can run the ball and stop the run, if you can do those two things, you're ha you have a chance to be very successful. You still have to throw the, fall, throw the ball, you still have to defend the pass, all that other stuff comes in. But if you can run the football and stop the run, and if you can um, be sound on special teams, you don't have to be elite on special teams, but mainly on your kick end, if you can pin them deep and change field position, I think at the high school game, college game, it doesn't matter. If you can do those things on a consistent basis, you can beat a lot of football teams. Are you going to beat them 70 to 20? No. But you can win those, those one possession games in the fourth quarter which, you know, for us, that it comes down to that. We, we got parity in our league. You know, we won it last year. But even Fort Scott, you know, who, you know, was a middle-of-the-road team in our conference last year, um, you know, they, they were beating some teams or they're in those games in the fourth quarter. That just happens at our level. So if they're in the game in the fourth quarter, how do you win that game, you know, in that tight game? How do your kids handle that? And I think it's just kind of being consistent in all those aspects. Um, and, and not being always so aggressive. You know, you're aggressive when you need to be, but you got to learn how to, you know, two first downs and a punt goes a long way. Coach, I'm curious with your outside zone, are you guys in pistol or are you guys offset? We do, do you both. do both? So, yeah, okay, so that's my big question. So, with both, um, do you teach that any differently for your guys? That's where I've run into where uh, I'm almost against doing it out of offset because – you know, now my guard 
rips through, reaches that three really well. But now the three plays really vertical. And, and if we're an offset, it may cut off our tailback, where if we're in pistol, we're outside of it and there's no problem. So we actually teach our tailbacks. They're going to read that. They're going to read that first defensive tackle. So they're going to read that three technique. And that's where they're actually going to put their foot in the ground in vertical. You know, we're, we're trying to cut on the backside and get that stuff on the ground. Um, so if we do get cut off by the three technique, we, we want to have a guy that's going to put his foot in the ground and get vertical. Um, and, and sometimes that's the home run version, right? Or sometimes that's the, you know, we get back to the line of scrimmage. You live, you live to play another down um, and keeps you in a manageable uh, down and distance. Um, but, you know, we move our, we move our tail back up, you know, he's, I think he's toe to, toe to the heels. He's not, we don't put him too wide. He might widen a little bit, but um, not, not too much. Um, and we get him coming, coming fast and, you know, we get that rip, um, but we also cut our splits, um, you know, a little bit on that. Um, so that, that center can get there on that three technique. And, um, you know, we haven't had, you know, our big thing is on that rip. And I think where, where some people, like that's why I say I think we're a little bit old school we really work on our third step it's about that third step getting vertical we want them vertical through there um so we're actually trying to get vertical push on an outside game we're not just trying to turn and run um you know you're pulling over take guy yeah he's going to do that a little bit more but your your front side guy that's ripping through there we're trying to go vertical through there um and that's you know especially when you get to the tackle tight inside if we can get vertical push on that defensive end it shortens the edge for us and we can sweep that field a lot faster love it well well, coach I'm kind of so the other thing that I was wondering about is and you've talked recruiting a little bit but when you guys go and you recruit that division two offer kid you know you go into a high school and he's a kid that is six five or six six and he's 240 pounds and you know every division two in the area has offered him but he can't quite get that division one offer. Um, and so he's got the option to kind of bet on himself and, and go the junior college route or, you know, go where he's probably, you know, got a little bit more of a scholarship at, at the division two level, but he's going to have to stay at that division two level. What do those talks sound like with those guys? What are the, what are the things that you're trying? I'm sure you're asking them questions to find out what they want, but what's your kind of, as a junior college, what's, what's your sell to those guys or, or what's the, what the, what are those talks sound like? Um, you know, I, you know, I, I've done that a lot of times with kids and, and my big thing is I always try to find out what, you know, okay, they've offered you. Um, what does that package look like? What's that financial aid? What does that financial package look like? Because a lot of division twos aren't given full scholarships. They get what 36 fully funded. Mm. They got to split those up. and with that, they have to they have to make things work. So they give the least amount of money, I think, at the Division II level to the freshman because of their highest dropout, you know, quit rate. Um, you know, generally a sophomore, junior, senior is gonna gonna stay there a little bit longer. They're gonna have a little bit more money. So if they're not a top end Division II money guy, what I tell them is, okay, you're thinking it's in a gamble on yourself. You're you're in, you're you're betting on yourself to go bigger. Our kids that go Division Two out of our place, they're going to school for closer to free because you're proven in college. So they're going to find a way with with Pell Grant, you know, maybe some type of grade, you know, a grant with the grades, and then some scholarship money, and you're going to go to school for closer to free than you were going right out of high school. So I always tell them that offer 
is going to be there. If you come play for us and you say you don't make a Division One, you're going to have a chance to go. You're going to have that same opportunity for you, and it's probably going to be more money. Um, and that's that's kind of how I handle that. Um, but I, I generally ask them, and I've had some kids that say, Coach, they're, they're paying me the boat. Like, you know, with my Pell and I'm getting some academic money, and I'm good. And, and I'll, I'll tell them, I, I, if you're good with that, like, that's a good offer. You know, then, then I would take that. Mm. Um, but it's it just kind of, you know, you got to feel the kid out. You, you get the feeling from, from every kid when they're on the phone. You can get excitement level. You, you understand what they're, what they're thinking. Um, and, you know, we had, we, I've had kids in on visits and, and been close to, to flipping them from a D2 school and they still go there. And, and you know, you, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, that, that's kind of recruiting. Um, but that's, that's the beauty of recruiting is there's always another kid. Um, and, and so it's always, for me, recruiting's an effort thing, right? So I'm going to put in the effort. If you don't feel like you're, that we're the right way and you're not putting the effort into me, that's okay. There's another one out there somewhere. Um, I just got to, I got to put in more effort to get them. Well, and then, and then jumping back a little bit, I know we already talked about it, but um, I, I, you know, we got off on a, on a different part of it. What I think is really cool, just again, sitting in some of those meetings with these junior colleges coming in and, and talking to our, our, you know, big players that needed to go junior college route uh, is how important, you know, grades are for you guys, because I've been through the recruiting process. I, I've heard, you know, the division one schools come in and, and they do their spiel, which, you know, hopefully most of them uh, really do care about it, but I get the feeling that a lot of times, obviously, that it's not a big concern for them. You know, they'll tell them, yeah, we got this and this, and we graduate kids, and, and it's, you know, they say it because they're supposed to, and, and it's a good foregone, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to say. Uh, but also, I've been through school and thought I was going to be in, in education, uh, and then three years later, I actually went over to uh, an actual advisor, uh, and they said, no, you've been in, you've been in uh, sports administration. And after you get done with college, you're going to have to take your teaching certificate, you know? And yeah. so I've seen that at the division one level where when you guys came in, you know, not you personally, but when the junior colleges came in, they talked about playing, but almost exclusively with our kids, they talked about, this is the plan we have to get you to graduate college. We want you to graduate. This is how, Long it's going to take you to graduate here. These are the things that we have set up for you. It truly showed how much more you guys, as a junior college level, put into, I think, just from, from those recruiting you know, pitches that I was in, how much more you guys put into graduating these kids. Yeah, and, and like, you know, we were talking about it. So Sonia Conley is, is, is our academic advisor, uh, and she's awesome. I mean, she's the best in the country, I think, in terms of – one, she cares about the kids. She wants them to be, be successful. She's going to do everything she can to, to help them. Um, you know, the, the thing that we do is we try to keep our kids busy from, you know, we, we start meetings at 630. Um, I do a walkthrough and we practice. Then our kids go to class from 11 to 4. That's their block. They go to class. Um, and then we bring them back and we do meetings and we do and weightlifting and everything. And then we bring them back for study hall. Um, we do study hall four days a week. And we do it, we do it by position. So I have the offensive line in my meeting room and, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm their study hall, <laughs> you know, making sure they're doing stuff. Um, and, and the biggest thing is, like we said, staying on top of them um, about getting everything done. Um, but, 
But the one thing that I think we get done at Independence better than most is we get our kids in, our, our true freshmen, or when they first come in, we bring them in in July. We get them, you know, nine credits generally at first summer. We take about 15 in the, in the fall, take, you know, 15 to 18 in the spring, take another nine that next summer, you know, and then 12 to 15 that following fall. Um, because for our guys to make it out, if they're non-qualifiers, they need to graduate, which is 62 credits. And that's with no remedial stuff. So if they come in under in math or English or something like that and have to take a lower level, they need more than 62 um, credits. And um, they need to have a 2.5. Obviously, you know, they have to have their, their two college Englishes, their college science, their college math, um, their speech, their communication, and then obviously the different electives, you know, histories, those types of things that, that fall in there for their AA degree because um, that's what they need to get out. Um, and even our, our division – our, our four-year guys that transfer in, they fall under a 4-2-4 transfer rule, which they're transferring from a four-year to a two-year to a four-year. Even though they were a qualifier at the beginning, they have to graduate. They come to us. They have to graduate to get out. Um, and that's where we have to, you know, go look at their credits and make sure that their stuff is online with what we're doing. Um, and sometimes it's a little bit tough, um, but but for the most part, we're able to get it done and, and said Sonia is awesome about finding finding the right classes she's she's plugged in with all these four-year coaches and and the the you know she knows what's going to work and and she doesn't just do a research like call this one school and see how this class is going to work she sends it out to you know 15 different compliance officers you know at, at you know all these different schools and say would you take this class and and kind of she kind of she kind of gets a an idea from all of them and and that's you know that that's a big part to it. It's just trying to keep them on track. Um, it, it's it's not the easiest thing. Um, it's probably I love I I work fifteen hour days. I love my job, um, but that's probably the least favorite part. And she makes it so much easier to where I'm not stressing about it. And and I we have things in place to where I can you know get on. We we class check our kids. <laughs> our our school is so small that. We literally send a coach every hour because there's only one big class, uh, one big building where most most of the classes are, and so we send one, we send two coaches every hour and they go check you know the the 15 classes there and we literally check off every kid there um, and make sure they're at class because we know that's an important part to it. We our kids have to play the game a little bit. Sit in the, we tell them sit in the first three rows, show up to class, take your hats hoods off, take your headphones out, have a notebook out and take notes. I mean. For our kids, that, that goes a long way. They've never been taught some of that stuff. Um, and we're kind of playing that game with them, <laughs> with the teachers okay. at times. Well, it's yeah. it's huge. We, we you know, I try to talk the same thing about my guys in high school. And, and I think that it's easy for kids to not realize that teachers are, are human beings. And when, when you go in there and, and I tell my, you know, you just act like you're paying attention. Just even if you're not, act like you're paying attention, like you said. Have a notebook and a pen out. And, and you smile at them when you leave, uh, they're way more apt to help you if you need the help or to, you know, work with you where if you're not, you know, just because they're people, they're not going to work with you as well. And, and it's, you know, say what you want about it, but that's, that's kind of what life is. You know, if you yeah. can learn that about life, um, that'll help you a bunch too. Well, I also think, you know, you were talking about the, the four-year guys you know, with that APR now, especially the Division One kids, 
I always feel like if I can get them an AA and get them Division One eligible, because of the APR and them trying to keep their scholarships and everything, it may not be in in what they necessarily wanted, but they they're going to end up with a four year college degree, most of them. Um, and, and for a lot of the kids that we have, they wouldn't go to college if it wasn't for one us at junior college and two football. Mm. Um, and you can you can say that. You know, well, they should be more motivated. They're not motivated. You know, young, it's it's different. It's a different era that we're living in. They're not motivated. We have to do the motivation. Um, and and the fact I think that we're changing a lot of kids' lives and families' lives, especially because we get a lot of first generation college students. We have we have a program called Trio. I'd say we probably have 70 percent of our kids in that. And one of the first criteria of to you know to see if you qualify for it is are you a first time college student you know, in your family. Um, and, and that, to me, I think we're really changing a lot of uh, kids' lives, you know, and, and their families um, by, by getting this done. You know, we deal with some families, they've, they've never, they don't know what the FAFSA is. We have to help them through that with our financial aid people and, and how to do that. And, and a lot of high school counselors help, obviously. Um, but it takes, an, it takes a village to, to get them there. But honestly, if we get them there, you know, the, the end result's pretty amazing. You know, we want them all to make the NFL, obviously. And they all want to make They all think they're going to make But at the end of the day, you know, obviously life expectancy of that is three years. You know, if you do get there, um, you know, and even if you made some money, you still need a job at some point. And the fact that we can get them a four-year degree and at least a two-year degree, that's going to go a long way for a lot of the, 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 the kids that we have. They had, that, they had no chance if they didn't have football and, and obviously community college to do that. Well, you're exactly right. And I was just looking at the percentages the other day um, of, and I don't know what college necessarily taught me or it didn't, but it got me a piece of paper um, and let me coach, you know, high school football and be a, a high, you know, an educator uh, because I had that piece of paper. And so my wife is, is finishing up her college degree. And so I was just looking at percentages and, and, you know, the kids on your, on your, um, at your place, they are also probably hopefully meeting girls that are also, going to universities. And so the percentages that, that a kid grows up in a successful household is, I forget what it was, like 80% higher if both mom and dad had a college degree. Um, and so, you know, like you said, yeah, it sounds great to say, hey, just be more mo motivated, but they're not, or maybe they don't know, or maybe they just never would have ever had the money to do it. And now they've got it and you've changed, you know, a whole, whoever their kid is or their kids are, you've changed that kid's life because hopefully they've also met a, a young lady that has graduated as well. Um, and now that's, it's a completely different ball game for their kid. You're going to change a whole generation in their family, you know, their family history um, ju just by doing that. You know, we, we had a kid at Dodge, you know, wide receiver. Uh, he plays with the Ra he, or he played with the Rams for five years. And I think he's, he's with someone now. Um, but his parents didn't go to college. Um, he was a kid from the south side of Chicago. He wasn't going to go to college. But he has a college degree from Dodge City Community College, and he has one from Southern Miss. And, and yeah, he's, he's making more money than most. But at some point, he, he's been making the league minimum. He, he's not, he hadn't had a big-time contract. At some point, he's going to need a job. Like, but he's altered his family's you know, path for, for a lot of years, you know, and, and the next probably generation and probably the generation after that at least um it kind of opens that thing up a little bit and and you know it, it's it's uh 
Yeah, that's uh, to me that I think that's the most rewarding thing. That's why I love I love the junior college level. I was a junior. I'm a product of it, um, and I love this level because one, we get to coach some really talented kids, obviously, but two, like we get to help some kids that man, they, you know, I got a kid coming from Georgia uh, that that you know, mom mom's literally um, on life support, isn't gonna make it, and all he can think about is coming out because he knows that football and, and going to school is going to be the best thing for them. Um, you know, and, and, and we, we deal with, with that on, on a regular basis. And I know a lot of people do that too um, at the high school level. Um, but we get some of these kids that they're ready to, you know, they just, they want to get out. They want to go explore. They want to go, they want, they really want to be good at school and they want to be good at football and they just want to make a life for themselves. And, 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 you know, I think we, we help some of them get that opportunity that, that they don't always get. Well, Coach, coming up now on an hour, um, and, and it's, you know, we've taken a lot of your time, but before we cut you loose and let you go, kind of the question yeah. I always ask everybody is, when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Um, you know, I think, I think the first thing, like, you know, if you're looking at a wide copy, um, I look at kind of continuity, um, you know, that – that that balance of you know everyone looks like they're going in one direction and everyone has a purpose everyone knows where they're going um you know and they're going there fast you know when they're climbing the backers they're getting there fast because they just have a command of what they do um you know obviously we can talk schemes all you want and and, then you know I do things I did things differently at Dodge than I do now and I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to run inside zone or outside zone you know it's kind of what works for you um but, you know, within your, you know, how you teach things is, you know, we call it the scholarship line. You know, like I said, if you're on the wide copy and I tell my kids all the time, you know, you want your kids to get recruited, we call it the scholarship line. There's a the line of scrimmage. If you're, on the, if you're on the back end, you're not getting the scholarship. If you're pushing forward, you got a good chance to be, to be a scholarship player. Um, and then I think in the, in the pass protection stuff, it's kind of command of, you know, building a pocket, you know, I always teach our kids, you know, um, we're protecting the depth or the, uh, the the depth of the pocket at guard and center and at tackle, we're protecting the width. And if you can build that pocket around, around a quarterback, you know, and stay in square and those, those types of little, little coaching points to me, you know, I, I think, I think to me, that looks really awesome. I call it poetry in motion. When, when you see a good offensive line, you know, and everyone's moving together and they're just, you know, even if they're climbing up and it may be differently than how I do it or they took a different step. But when that stuff's kind of happening and not even the end zone view, just the side view, you see those guys all going and, and rolling downfield or all setting and making that pocket. You see that quarterback step up and throw that football. Man, it, it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, because I, I, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I mean, you, you could sit here and, and debate offenses all day long, but the the, the veer – the wing feed, they're still viable off, offenses today. You know, it, it's all about how you teach it and, and what you get your kids to do. Coach, man, it's been an awesome hour. You know, I, I love, like I said, you know, Coach Harper said it a bunch of times, but love talking to, to you guys at the, the two-year schools and the junior colleges because I just, I just feel like it's football in its most pure form. I mean, I think your guys' hearts are in the right place. Yeah. You're, you're helping families. You're helping kids. Uh, and, and you're creating opportunities for people. And, and one, it's, you know, you're not making the most money, but it's probably one of the most rewarding professions it is, man. And, 
and I take my hat off to you guys and, and tip my cap, man. You guys do a hell of a job, and, and we really appreciate you guys, man. Uh, that, that, and, and the high school guys are doing a, a heck of a job, too. I, 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 love, I love going when I, I do go out on the road. I don't go out on the road as much because I do a lot of the four-year stuff now, so I'm home. When, when, our, when, you, when our guys are out recruiting, I'm there meeting with the four-year guys. Um, but I always like going out and, and talking with coaches and just, you know, said I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to any of this. That's the beauty of football. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's all about how you how you do things, um, you know. But you know, we're we're always open. You know, you guys can come up anytime you want. You know, we've always been an open book at Independence. You guys can come anytime. Come to practice. Come watch us. You know, and when you get some some free time, I know we usually butt up with with you guys are in camp. We're in camp, but you know, you guys can come anytime. We're we're an open book. We're we're not doing anything life-altering, I, I guarantee you, on offense and defense, we'll open, we'll open the film room up. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.